you so much for being here, uh, for, uh, for allowing us to be here and for you being here tonight. It's a wonderful group and cr great crowd. Uh, we're glad <clears throat> to have been part of this service this, uh, this day. And what a, a blessing that we can have a focus for the entire day, uh, beginning with Sunday school uh, all the way through now uh, tonight's service on just uh, having a burden and a desire, a desire to reach the Jewish people uh, with the gospel, to, to not only reach them with the gospel, but to love them, to pray for them, uh, and, and to also make sure that we stand uh, where we should as, as born-again Christians, as part of the family of God, uh, in those that God said, I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curses thee. And so uh, it's really a, a blessing. I know the church will be blessed for this, and I hope you have uh, today already. I, I got to mention, it's so good to see Brother Brosnan and his wife. Um, we uh, served together in Johannesburg, South Africa. Uh, and, and so um, I, I can't remember the last time I saw you, brother, but I know I saw you at your house in Joburg years ago. But, uh, but maybe again, but we're really glad to see them tonight. And it's a real blessing. Uh, it brings back memories, our family. And my wife said hello to you. Okay. So uh, we're, we're really glad to, to be here. I want to begin tonight by, by just reading the story, okay? Uh, just reading the story of the Passover. We're going to turn to Exodus chapter 12. And, and uh, you might say, well, why, why would you, we want to do something like this? Well, because uh, as most things uh, in, in uh, the true biblical Jewish culture, I'm talking about biblical Jewish culture, they, uh, that it is the background, the foundation, so to speak, of, of our of our Christianity, it's 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 where it came from. Salvation is of the Jews, and 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 God God uh, brought and chose them not because they were any better than anyone else. The Bible is very clear on that. They would be very clear on that. We're all equal. As a matter of fact, sometimes when you try to um, speak to a Jewish person about the Messiah, and I'll say, "Wow, you're one of God's chosen." And some days, what do they say? Sometimes, "Wow, I wish that he would have chosen someone else because it sure has been a problem." Uh, but but uh, and and they'll say that kind of tongue-in-cheek, but the truth of the matter is uh, it's not been easy, and, uh, and a lot of that uh, is because that, like for Gentiles, when we follow the true faith of God and when we follow the Word of God, then things are easy, but uh, many times when uh, we decide to go our own way, uh, many times we, our way is hard. The Bible says the way of the transgressor is what? It's hard, and, and, and so we love them and we cherish uh, what God has done through the Jewish people for, uh, and the nation of Israel for us and how that we owe so much, the word of God and everything uh, for them. But uh, as, so then as we look through even the Feast of Israel, all the Feast of Israel, we understand uh, that we see the unfolding of the plan and purpose of God's redemption, uh, beginning with the Passover all the way through the, uh, the Spring Feast. We see the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, Passover, and then the Feast of Unleavened Bread, uh, which speaks of that sanctification and that pulling apart uh, uh, and that sanctified life of the believer. Then you got, the, of course, the Feast of First Fruits, uh, which speaks of the resurrection, and Christ is our first fruits, right? Uh, he is the first fruits of the resurrection, and so because he arose, we will rise, amen, when, when we have faith. The Feast of First Fruits, and then, of course, you have the Feast of Shavuot, uh, uh, which is the Feast of Weeks. Uh, and, and, this, and wonderful things happen there. Uh, many people believe in the Jewish culture that was a, when the uh, word was given on Mount Sinai in, at the Feast of Shavuot. And that's when the, the Bible, the, the word God came to uh, Moses and the law. 
Uh, and, and so, uh, but we have even something to celebrate also as the church because it was on the Feast of Pentecost, right? Uh, that the Holy Spirit of God came and indwelled the believers and uh, baptized uh, the believers into the body of Christ as one. Uh, all Jews back, back then, uh, but then uh, eventually, uh, thank the Lord, God included the Gentiles. Are you glad about that? Amen. Okay. And so, uh, so uh, wonderful when we celebrate that. Then you have the, uh, the, 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 the break between the spring feast and the fall feast. And you see even wonderful pictures about that. Uh, for instance, Ruth and Boaz and all those wonderful pictures that show uh, this grafting in of the Gentiles and how that they would uh, eat of the, of the plenty of uh, the commonwealth of Israel and be grafted in wonderful, beautiful stories of this time of the Gentiles where God is gathering them in. But soon to come is the Feast of Trumpets. And we know, uh, we know that the trump of God will sound right and the dead in Christ will rise. Then we which are alive and remain will be called up together to meet the Lord in the air. What a wonderful day, day that will be. And that's the next thing on the calendar. But we also know that the ultimate fulfillment of the, of the Feast of Trumpets is when Israel is finally gathered back, even after the tribulation time. They're gathered back to the land, right? And, 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 and that remnant is brought back. Then you have uh, the, the ten days of awe and the, and the day of atonement. And we know that ultimately the Day of Atonement was that time when the high priest would go in and anoint the altar, right, uh, for the nation of Israel. And it's going to be on that day, on that Day of Atonement, I believe, that when God gathers, and it's, and it's a type of the time that Zechariah speaks of in the Bible, when it says, and a fountain will be opened up to the house of Israel, to that remnant. And the Bible says uh, there in the book of Zechariah in the Tanakh in the Old Testament how that in that day the remnant of Israel will turn to the Lord those that, that he pierced and in that day the nation of Israel will be born that the ones that are alive at that time. And so, uh, you know, wonderful days. And of course you can't leave out the very last one of the, of the seven biblical feasts which is the Feast of, Trump, uh, the, of Tabernacles uh, where uh, it speaks of the wilderness journey but actually it's very messianic in its uh, thrust in that it, it all speaks about what one day when the Messiah would come and he'll set up that final kingdom uh, and rule and reign out of the land of Israel. Isn't that wonderful? And, uh, and, and that's the Feast of Trump. So in these feasts, you get the whole picture. Amen. Every, all the way from the, uh, the, the work of Christ and, the, and, sa- and salvation uh, but also all the way through to the, second com- uh, to the second coming and then finally the kingdom of God. And you see this right here in, in uh, Exodus chapter 12. So we'll read this and then I'll explain exactly how we're going to unfold this uh, before you, okay? Exodus chapter 12, we're going to read all the way down uh, to verse number 14. Verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls, every man according to his eating, shall make your account for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. And you shall keep it up until the fourteenth day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. 
And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door post of the house, wherein they shall eat it. They shall eat the flesh in that night, roast with fire and unleavened bread and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Eat not of it raw, nor sodden at all with water, but roast with fire, his head with his legs and with the pertinence thereof. And ye shall let nothing of it remain until the morning, and that which, ye, uh, which remaineth of it until the morning ye shall burn with fire. And thus ye shall eat it with your loins girded, with your shoes on your feet, with your staff and your hand in your hand. And ye shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the Lord shall be to you for a sign, excuse me, and the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. And this day shall be unto you for a memorial, and ye shall keep it a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it a feast by an ordinance forever. Let's pray. Father, thank you, God, for what you have done, what you are doing. Thank you for the blood, Father. Thank you for redemption and for salvation. Thank you for the things that you have put all through the word of God that teach people, us, everyone, Father God, that will look therein, God. Thank you that you have put it in the very feast of Israel as a memorial. And, and Father, I pray that tonight we might be reminded and might be enriched, Lord, and might understand the cost, Father, uh, that of, of our soul being saved and redemption and deliverance from sin, and, and, and from sure death eternally. So thank you, Father God, for what you have done for us. We pray that we'll just look into your word tonight. May the Holy Spirit of God speak to us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Passover, Paul Pesach. Uh, it's different through the years, and that's how I like to approach it. I like to show very briefly how it has changed over the years and then we'll look at the a table and the Seder uh, here uh, on, on tonight. The Papa is the head of, of Passover. So usually Papa sits at the end of, of here. And, uh, and he normally has a white kittle, which is a, a white jacket. I don't have that tonight. But so I'm going to use the prayer shawl, okay? And give you a little, a little bit. So uh, this is a, a prayer shawl. Uh, and and uh, many Jewish people wear this, of course, uh, when, in, even in today as they go into the synagogue. And especially when they pray. Often when they pray, they'll take it the, and they'll put this over their head and they'll pray. If you go to the Wailing Wall, you'll see this a lot. You go to uh, the synagogue. Also, they normally have what's called yarmulke uh, on the head. And they would put this uh, uh, on the head, yarmulke or kippah. Kippah meaning covering. Uh, and so I'll, I'll just wear this as long as it stays on my head tonight. I'll, I'll wear this while we're doing this, just to give you an idea of what Papa does. Papa is really as it, it takes the uh, part of the priest, as it would, uh, during this Passover time in order to explain what is going on and to tell the story. On, um, 
it's one of the oldest holidays uh, and certainly the oldest holiday in the, on the Jewish calendar. Um, it's celebrated with the other seven feasts. Now for 30, over 34 centuries, this has been celebrated, this Feast of Passover. And it was instituted, we just read about it, where God brought each, uh, the Egyptian, uh, sorry, the Israel out from Egypt with a mighty arm. With a, with, and, and, you know, the Lord could have done it in a different way, but God chose to use uh, his power to bring them out and to show his great power so that generations to come might be able to see the very power of God. So Pesach is a story uh, mainly of redemption. It's a story of Israel being redeemed out of, of the land and being saved. This holiday is important to the, uh, to the Jewish people, very important. And even most all secular Jews uh, still will observe the Passover because it's so rich in history and, in, uh, and the fact that their people and their ancestors were uh, delivered. It's, a, it's, a, it's a, a wonderful time in a Jewish home. But you know what? This is also a holiday uh, that is important to Christians too, isn't it? For it was on this particular uh, uh, holiday, this feast, that Jesus established the, la- the, the Last Supper, as we call it, or communion in the upper room. He took the elements of the Seder table right here, and he instituted the Lord's Supper. And then he says, as oft as you would, uh, do this in remembrance of me. And so it's, it's intricately linked uh, with what we do, even in our church today. And it's wonderful to know that the Passover was rich and full of those things. So the Passover symbolizes and remembers that physical redemption, but it also symbolizes the spiritual redemption of the Christian, that you've been delivered out of bondage, amen, into the glorious light. Uh, and we, we read this and, and we see that in the first few verses, we see the elements of the first Passover. And we have a lot of things on this table right now, but I'm going to explain, uh, explain that in the uh, first Passover, there weren't as many things uh, on this table. Uh, first, uh, there would only have been really three things that were on the table. First would be the unleavened bread. I have uh, this right here. This is the unleavened bread. It's very interesting um, and, and you can see through it. Uh, and, and we'll show you what, the, uh, what is done on the Passover table uh, during the Seder time. But the unleavened bread, baked without a- any leaven at all, uh, because it was uh, to be a bread of haste. Uh, then uh, the second thing would be the, uh, would be the Passover lamb, of course. You would have the Passover lamb and uh, the Pes- uh, Pesach. Uh, and, and this Passover lamb uh, uh, was to be killed on the, uh, the 14th day. But it was to be taken on the 10th day and kept for four days and examined. And, you know, that itself shows us that uh, it, it shows points toward even the Lord Jesus Christ. Because remember that when Jesus presented himself uh, on that, uh, just before that Passover time, he came in riding on a donkey, remember, uh, according to Zechariah, and he would come down and, and, they, they, and they would say, look, the king has come. He came into Jerusalem, but he didn't come for that purpose at that time. And he came down. They arrested him. And, and, and then you remember that through that time, uh, even through that week, uh, they examined the Lord. They were looking at him and they were questioning him. And, and then uh, we find that right up at the very end, we'll find this. As a matter of fact, it would be worthy to, to turn to, if, if you'd like to, uh, uh, in John chapter 18. I want you to turn there. This is during the Passover week. And in John chapter 18, and you'll be turning your Bible to several different places, okay? 
And Jesus had been examined uh, before uh, the, the, the Sanhedrin, before other uh, groups there in, in Jerusalem. And then uh, finally Pilate, and the ultimate was Pilate. And Pilate in verse number uh, 38 said, Pilate, uh, Pilate said unto him, What is truth? He's answering the Lord. And, then he's, and when he had said this, he went out again unto the Jews. And he said unto them, I find in him no fault at all. I find in him no fault at all. And just like the Passover lamb that we read about that would be, uh, would be put uh, in the cage and, and examined for four days to see if there was any blemish before he would be qualified as the Passover lamb. So Jesus himself uh, was examined that, and, he was, and then uh, he was declared that he was faultless by, by, by Pilate. And uh, that was uh, and sad to see that Pilate crushed to uh, to the to the leaders. But we see uh, see that the Lord allowed that to be in the word of God. So he actually was declared that he was faultless. Uh, then Exodus chapter 12 and verse number eight and nine uh, instructs the Hebrew people to roast the lamb, not to boil, uh, boil it. Uh, in. And so the fire pictures the judgment, the judgment of God and, and how that this uh, that the lamb would be under the judgment. is viewed. It's really a view of the brazen altar. Uh, in the, in, in the uh, temple in the tabernacle time when they would bring the sacrifices to the brazen altar and there it would be burnt and, the, and, and, it, and on the coals and then the coals would be taken uh, into the holy place and, they, uh, and, and it would be put with the incense and the incense would go uh, up and then of course we know only once a year that the blood would be taken into the holy of holies. But all of this spoke of, of this examination and then the fact that there would be judgment that would fall on the, on the lamb. And so he would, uh, this lamb would be taking the judgment so that they would be delivered from the land of uh, Egypt. So the Passover lamb and unleavened bread. Uh, and then finally there were the bitter herbs. And they would have the bitter herbs. And we find this still on the Passover uh, table uh, here. And together uh, with the unleavened bread and, and lamb, it would represent the bitterness of slavery. The Lord never wanted Israel to forget how bitter it was in the land of Egypt. How bitter the slavery was. So once a year, they would remember this deliverance so they would never forget. And it would do us well to often remember the bitterness of the slavery we were delivered from. Amen. And the fact that we have been delivered from such a, a, a terrible uh, thing. Sometimes uh, when things are tough, we start uh, thinking, well, you know, the, the world has a lot uh, to offer. But the world has nothing to offer but bitterness, right? Uh, and, and ultimate uh, death. And we need to remember that. And this is a remembrance of that with the bitter herbs, the unleavened bread, and the Passover lamb. So those were the three elements at the very beginning. Secondly, uh, we see Passover in the time of Christ. Now, once they were in the land, Passover became uh, a lot more elaborate and, and large, um, especially after the temple in Jerusalem was established and built. Uh, their observance had become symbolic, even more symbolic and more ceremonious uh, there. Uh, there were three pilgrimage feasts that the Jewish people would make uh, uh, to uh, uh, Jerusalem. Uh, they would come up at Passover or the Feast on Unleavened Bread. They would come up uh, on the day of Pentecost or what we know as a Shavuot, the Feast of Weeks, and then finally the Feast of Tabernacles. Those were the three times of year that all the males uh, from 13 up had to appear before the Lord 
uh, in, in uh, Jerusalem. Which is why exactly that this cannot be recreated when there's no temple and there's no, no, no way for there to be lamb. You really can't create this the way the Bible uh, had it exactly. But we can see uh, the significance of all uh, that's here and that's with there on that table. So we, we had the three and special preparations would be done on those pilgrimage feasts. For instance, as they would come up to the land of, of uh, in, around Jerusalem, all the, the, uh, the, the, where the roads that would come in, the graves and all, would be whitewashed and they would be made. And why would they do that? So there would not be any chance that they would be defiled by getting too close or touching the grave of, of, of a, a person who had already died, which would defile them in, uh, for that particular feast. So, you know, when Jesus said uh, to the Pharisees, you're like the white sepulchers, that's what he was talking about when he was talking about that, that, that they were white sepulchers and they were done for a purpose, but he says inside are dead man's bones. And that's how it is when a person doesn't know uh, the Messiah has not been saved. They may look good on the outside, but in inside is all dead man's bones because you don't have life, right? And we'll see that in just a moment, even on the Passover table. Uh, in the time of Christ, in, in, uh, or directly after, around, say, A.D. Uh, 60, 66, Josephus said that the, the feast of Passover had grown to such a proportion that there were about 2.5, I think, million uh, people that would come in at that time in the uh, Jerusalem area and around. It was a huge, busy time uh, in the land of Egypt. Uh, and unlike uh, eating of the Passover in, in Egypt... They did it differently. They would do it with their shoes on. Uh, and uh, in, in Egypt, and they, they would eat it in haste, ready to go. But by the time of, of Christ, they ate it in a different way. They would recline on the chair uh, and they would eat it because they were no longer uh, uh, slaves, but they were actually eating it as kings, so to speak, uh, at, at being delivered from the land of Egypt. So it was different. But also there was additional things on, this, uh, on the table also. Uh, there was the addi addition of the grape juice. At uh, first we didn't have that uh, and we don't see that until we see it uh, again in the time of Christ. And we see that uh, in the upper room where the, the Lord used that. So the, so the fruit of the vine. And then there was something called a haroseth, which is on the uh, Seder plate, haroseth. And it's a mixture of uh, apples. It's actually quite good. And by the way, anybody wants to taste this afterwards, you can do that. I've got extra, but uh, they, they, uh, uh, it has apples and raisins and, and it has uh, grape juice and it has sometimes cinnamon. Am I making you hungry yet? Okay. And you take all of this and nuts and you put this together and then you crush it and, uh, and, 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 and then you, you grind it or crush it. And out of that crushing becomes a very sweet moisture, uh, moisture and, a very, and, and a very tasty thing. Uh, and this represents to, uh, was to represent the mortar that was used between the bricks of, uh, to build the cities in uh, Egypt to remind them of the hardness of slavery. But through the crushing of this, uh, came the sweetness of deliverance. And so through the crushing uh, 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 Egyptian slavery, God delivered them and it became sweet. And so they look at that. This is Hadroseth, uh, and that, it represents that. Uh, the sweetness of deliverance. So Isaiah chapter uh, 53, I'll read this for you. Verse number 10 said, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. 
He has put him to grief when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. So Jesus in Gethsemane was poured out uh, for us. He was crushed, as we put, under pressure. Uh, but out of that crushing came the salvation and the sweetness of salvation with Jesus being crushed. And this, this is uh, somewhat what we see also in the deliverance there also. So at the time of Messiah, the centerpiece of the Passover was still the Paschal Lamb. Uh, it, the temple was still standing. Uh, and so they could take that, that to 87. They could uh, take the lamb. There was only one place that the lamb could be brought to be uh, killed and to be examined. And that was, the, uh, uh, that was at the temple and the priest. And they would bring the lamb there and then they would take it home and it would be a home feast. It was estimated, listen to this, that in the time of around AD 66, that there would have been as many as 250,000 lambs that would have been slain uh, during the time of Passover for all the homes and all the families and all the pilgrims that came up. Can you imagine? Can you imagine all, all the animals that uh, were, were slain? But yet uh, in uh, Jerusalem, not just shortly before that, the one lamb that was promised, amen, like John the Baptist said, uh, behold the lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. And so now all of those lambs that were slain through all the years uh, uh, on this yearly feast, uh, we know, and then all the other times that the animals were sacrificed all pointed to one lamb, and that was the spotless lamb, soon to be uh, the final acceptable lamb. So that's the Passover of the time of Christ. But then what about the Passover today? What does it look like and why, why do we have these additional things? Well, the celebration of the Passover today is similar in some ways in that it's the same story. But there's one crucial exception to, to the Passover uh, today. And that is there's no lamb there's no Passover lamb uh, on the table no longer because we can't I, I have that. There was only that one place that the uh, Passover lamb could be slain. And that cannot be done any longer. And that's why one of the reasons why that the Jewish people have such a fervency to rebuild the temple. So some of these things can be reestablished again. But they don't understand uh, really the fulfillment of that. So the celebration could be more rendered today the, the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Because the central uh, element in the, in the Passover today really is not the Paschal lamb. Of course, it couldn't be, but it's actually the unleavened bread. And there were other things that were, uh, were added. Uh, the unleavened bread being the primary element. You still have the bitter herbs. Most of the Jewish people today uh, will uh, use horseradish uh, to, uh, to uh, eat the bitter herbs. And uh, so this is also on the Passover table. Again, uh, the herosef, the crushed apples and honey and nuts and cinnamon. And then the fruit of the vine here uh, would be uh, also on the table. But added through the centuries, there's other, other things uh, too. Instead of the Passover lamb, there's a shank bone that, that's always on the Passover plate. And uh, the sad part about it that this represents the succulent lamb that was uh, slain and the blood that was put over the doorpost. This is the only representation of it, uh, that lamb that was slain. And notice that it's no longer succulent, but it's dry. And this bone, it, it sits on the Seder plate in the place of the wonderful Paschal lamb. 
And, uh, this, uh, and, and that's just what religion does to, to, uh, to, to a wonderful salvation. Religion is dried up. Religion doesn't have any life. And, and so uh, on the very Seder plate is a reminder that religion cannot replace the, uh, the real that was given uh, through uh, the Paschal Lamb and ultimately the Lord Jesus Christ. Instead of the Paschal Lamb, the bone, uh, the carpus, the par- uh, parsley is still there. It symbolizes uh, many things. The, today, the Jewish people say that, that the parsley would represent uh, springtime and new life uh, many times. Uh, and, and, it, and they also believe that it is a representation of the hyssop that was used to put the, uh, the blood over the Passover lamb, a door. You know, uh, it's wonderful because when you do the uh, Passover, and I know you've probably seen this before, how, what, what, is, what does it look like when you're putting it over the, the, the doorpost? It looks like a cross, amen? Uh, God, even in, in the motion of putting the, the door over the lintel, uh, is, in the, is in the shape of the cross, so to speak. Uh, uh, but, but it was the blood over the, over the doorpost that the Lord gave to cause them to, be, to escape certain judgment. Not only that, uh, but now they have a green leafy vegetable uh, called a chaseret, uh, which is usually like some type of a romaine lettuce or whatever. And they eat this with the bitter herbs uh, together. And you'll see that in just a few minutes. Uh, then there's, this, they, there's water always on the Passover table. This water is not just plain water, but it's a water that has salt added to it. And, and this on the Passover table represents the tears that were shed uh, in, the, in Egypt when they were under such slavery and they, they, they shed the tears. They always want to be reminded of the tears that they had in, in the slavery. Uh, then there's uh, something that was added to the Seder plate. No one really knows what, why this was added, but there's an egg now on the, the, bezet, on the uh, Passover uh, Seder table and the egg, uh, they say, represents, because it's a roasted egg, this is a bull one, but a roasted egg, uh, and it represents the burning of the temples. Uh, that some will say that it, it represents and it was in, uh, uh, put into the Passover. Uh, others will say that it represents the cycle of life, so to speak, uh, you know, and, and, and all that. Many people believe that this was added to the Passover uh, table by the first uh, century Christians that were celebrated, uh, that celebrated to represent the life and, and the new life and even the resurrection uh, uh, there at the thing. So the, the egg is on the uh, Passover thing. So the roasted egg or the hard-boiled egg. And so we think that this was actually put onto the Passover by the early Jewish believers. Well, there's a preparation before we start with the Seder. And the preparation is a, is a thorough cleaning. Ladies, this is probably where spring cleaning came in uh, and, and was invented. But, uh, but there's a thorough cleaning of the house. And I mean very thorough and, and going through even changing of the dishes and all. It's only special dishes used for the Passover time. But then there's a symbolic uh, cleaning uh, they, because uh, in the Jewish culture, they, uh, there needs to be no presence of any type uh, of, 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 of that would defile the Passover, so symbolic cleaning. So what they'll do, they'll take a little bit of leaven of, of some type, some type of uh, bread, 
and they'll, they'll, they'll take crumbs and they'll put it around the house. And this is symbolic after everything has been cleaned. And they'll put some of the bread around the house to represent the leaven. Remember, leaven in the Bible represents sin. Uh, sin. And, the, and in the Passover celebration, there was to be no at all a presence of leaven in the house. To the point where some very observant Jewish businessmen, if they have uh, do a business that uses large amounts of leaven and all that, they'll actually symbolically sell, uh, uh, will uh, sign that over symbolically to rid that of their presence of the, and, and the warehouses in order to properly ce- uh, celebrate the Passover. Very serious about this. And so after they put it around, then they'll go, go uh, around the house and the family will go around using the papa and, and they'll go around with a feather and a spoon. And they'll, they'll take and they'll just take the feather and scoop up the, uh, and it would be a wooden spoon and they'll skip, scoop up the leaven in the different places on the sills and the places they put it. They'll take this leaven and they'll take a, 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 a handkerchief and they'll put it in this or a white linen and then they'll, they will, will wrap it up and usually what's happened is they'll take this outside and they'll burn it. And it's a symbolism that the house has been cleansed of all leaven before they begin uh, uh, with, the, with, with the Passover table. Is it any wonder why the Lord uh, uh, said uh, through the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 when he said, Know ye not that a little leaven, right, leaven is the whole uh, lump, Purge out the old leaven that you may be a new lump as you are unleavened. For even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. You see, when the Jewish people read or heard these scriptures, they understood to some extent what Paul was referring to here uh, when he was saying, cast out, purge out the leaven. Uh, for Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Let us therefore keep the feast, not with the old leaven, old leaven neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. So the, Paul was using this very symbolism of the Passover and, 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 the, and the cleaning of the leaven through there to, to say that this is how that you need to come to Christ. Not with uh, that, but actually receive him in the, with the unleavened uh, uh, bread of sincerity and truth. So the, they're wrapped up, they're burned outside, and then they're ready to start the Passover uh, Seder. Seder, Seder uh, uh, mean the order of service, and, uh, and then each, uh, each, each table will have what we see here. This is called a Jewish Passover, but it's actually a Seder. Uh, 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 hey, and, and what we call as a Haggadah, which is Haggadah is the telling. And in the Haggadah, the Seder is the order of the service. The Haggadah is the telling of the story. And during that time, uh, there'll be the telling of the full story of the 10 plagues and all uh, during the Passover time. And by the way, many uh, children that sit around the table, just like uh, the children that you have uh, today will be saying, when are we going to eat, Mama? You know, because Dad's telling the whole story here of the Passover. But, uh, but it's a special time with the family. It begins with the lighting of the, uh, uh, of the uh, candles, uh, uh, like this. Now, I, usually I'm, I'm violating here something, something because usually it's always the mother that, um, that lights the candles. And, uh, and, and according to, the, um, to, to Jewish culture, it's the woman that 
brought light or will bring light into uh, the, the, the world. The story of redemption cannot begin uh, and without the woman bringing light into it. That through the mother, light will be restored to the world by bringing the Messiah. And that's why every Jewish young lady had such a, a desire that, that she would be the one that would bring the Messiah because it was always known that through the uh, woman would come the Messiah. So because of that, the, uh, the lighting of the candles are always done by uh, the uh, lady. And, and uh, after they did that, we, we can say, I'll read you a scripture here. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, and this light. And the Bible says in Isaiah 9, 2, In Galilee of the nations, the people that walked in darkness have seen great light. And they that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, uh, upon them the light has shined. And then they'll have a blessing. It will go something like this. Blessed art thou, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who sanctifies us with your commandments. Blessed art thou, O Lord, our God, King of the universe, who gave us life and sustains us and enables us to reach, uh, 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 to reach this season of joy. After the candles are lit and the blessings are said, then there'll be the first uh, receiving of uh, the first cup. Now, there's actually four cups that's received in the Passover time. Uh, four different cups. Here we see uh, Papa's uh, cup right here. He'll stand here and I have mine right here. And then this is a special cup over here I'll speak about in just a minute. But there's four usually different cups. And the first of the cup is called the cup of sanctification. Now each one of the cups that's uh, uh, done on the Passover Seder is done according to Exodus chapter 6. I want you to turn there, if you would, back to Exodus chapter 6. And each one of the cups will, will coincide with part of this verse and will give actually a purpose for the name of that cup. The first is found in Exodus 6, 6. The Bible says, Wherefore say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord, and, number one, I will bring you out from under the burden of the Egyptians. Let's stop there. The first cup is called the cup of sanctification because it coincides with this particular uh, scripture that says, I will bring you out. I will sanctify you out from that land. I will bring you out. And so therefore, this is called the cup of sanctification. Uh, and the children of Israel, I will bring out. And this is the, this is the blessing that they say. Which simply means this. The, bless, uh, the blessing is this. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who creates the fruit of the vine. And then they'll all partake of this. And because I'm talking so much, I get to partake of it. And you say, you say uh, uh, something like this would be used. It's, it's kosher. Uh, and... Uh, and, and not sure exactly what makes it kosher except the blessing of the rabbi. But anyway, it, it's there and, 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 and we have here and special, usually specially prepared. Uh, God was separating Israel from Egypt to be a special treasure unto himself. 
And this is, is, this is put into the Passover. And according to uh, ancient practices, right after they drink of the first uh, the fruit of the vine, the first cup, the cup of sanctification, then after that they have a ceremonious uh, cleansing of their hands. So the, usually someone will go around the, uh, and they will wash the hands of each person, uh, pouring water o- over their hands. I, I believe not only this is to talk about the cleansing and, and the wash your hands getting ready because they dip the food, but uh, also it speaks of the labor in the tabernacle and it, uh, when, the, uh, when they would come in and you know the priest and the priest before he could enter into the holy place uh, uh, would stop and there was the labor and the a basin and he would cleanse himself there before going in uh, to the holy place. And this is exactly what this is symbolizing uh, as they're getting ready to do this uh, particular uh, ceremony. So to signify the separation under God and the washing of the hands. And then they begin the dipping, okay? There's a lot of, of dipping in the Seder here. Um, and, and so we begin that first with the carpus. Now, uh, the, the, the carpus we, we have here that's, that's represented by the parsley. And uh, it's a reminder, as I said before, of the bitterness of the slavery. And it's dipped in salt water. So the very first thing that's dipped uh, is the carpus in the salt water. And then there's a, a blessing. It says, Blessed art thou, O Lord, our God, King of the universe, creator of the fruit of the earth, and after uh, they do that, they, they dip it in, the, in, in what's representative of the tears. So there'll be salt and bitter herbs, and then they'll taste it. They'll eat it. And it doesn't taste very good. But the reason why it doesn't taste very good is because they want to remember again of the bitterness uh, that they were being delivered out of. And the, the greater they remember of the bitterness, the greater you remember the joy of being delivered. And so, so yeah, uh, they, that's the first thing they do in the Seder time. And then there's a breaking of a very special matzah. The matzah, of course, the unleavened bread. Uh, so far we haven't used this. But on the table, there's a thing called the matzatash, which is a, a matzah holder. And uh, this is a special holder. And so in this matzatash, there's actually three compartments. One, two, three. Now, the, uh, there's really not a very good explanation among the Jewish community as to why there's three compartments. Some say it, it stands for Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, which is the five... Some say it, it, it stands uh, for the three divisions of the, of, of the, of the people, the Cohens, the Levites, and the congregation. Uh, there's a lot of different explanations. But, uh, but for whatever reason, when they take out this matzah, they don't take the first piece out. They don't take the third piece out. They take the second piece, the one that's in the middle. And they pull this piece of unleavened bread out and they lay the matzah back on the table and it stays there. And then they, they raise up and, and, and you'll see that this, this particular uh, thing, it's, it's made as unleavened bread, but it's very interesting. Even through the years, even through the processing of making, uh, uh, making unleavened bread, isn't it interesting that you can look and it almost looks like it's striped, doesn't it, you know? And then, and then you, if you look at, uh, at there, it's, it's, it's holes, there's holes, it's pierced. 
And so you see all of these different uh, elements here. But on the Passover table, it's the unleavened bread. And he, he blesses the matzah. Which is basically that he's saying, uh, Lord, behold, this is the poor bread which our ancestors ate in the land of Egypt. And then they'll go on to say this. Let anyone who is hungry come in and eat. Let anyone who is needy come in and celebrate Passover. So even in the Passover is this, is this invitation. Anyone can come and eat of this, you know. And so uh, he, he's given this invitation. Uh, and, and then they do a, a special thing. They break the matzah. And, and when they break it, they usually break it like this. Then they take this piece here on, on this side and they'll take a white linen cloth and they'll take this, this piece and they'll wrap it. Now remember, it was the, the middle piece and they'll wrap this pizza masa and they'll put it up in, 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 in white linen and then they'll hide it away. So I'm going to do that. They'll, uh, they'll hide it over somewhere and usually the, the, the children and all have to look a different direction or close their eyes where Papa hides uh, the matzah away and, and wrapped in the linen. Uh, and, and then they go on with the rest of it and, and they, they lift it up and they say a blessing and the invitation uh, for that. But they don't partake of it just as yet. Now the young children then began asking questions and this is all in the script of, of, of the Seder, the, the, they ask questions. The first question that the young children, I always like to involve young children, but we didn't do that tonight. First of it is this. Why do we eat only unleavened bread on this night? Papa, why do we just eat unleavened bread? And the Papa will say, because we were delivered uh, from the bondage in great haste. And there was no time for the bread to arise. And so uh, we made it unleavened so we could go quickly and eat in haste. So it is the bread of haste. Then another child will ask, well, why do we eat bitter herbs uh, at this night, especially on this night? And the papa will say, because on this night we remember the bitterness of our slavery uh, in Egypt. Then another child might ask, why do we dip twice in the salty water on this night? And the answer is the salty water signifies the tears of slavery uh, and, and the life that blooms again in spring. Uh, and, and in Herosef, to remind us of the sweetness of the hope of deliverance. So they, these questions and answers are given around the Passover table. It's a beautiful setting, by the way, with the children sitting around and the papa and the mother and them going through this. It's a wonderful thing to, to really to, to look at. And then the last question that's asked is this. Why do we recline on this night? Why, why do we recline? And the papa will say, we are no longer slaves, uh, but we are free and we eat as kings for free men recline uh, when they eat. So it's at this point that the father, after the questions are asked, he'll tell or read the whole story, the Haggadah, the telling and, uh, and, and he'll read about how they were delivered in the ten plagues and all that uh, and give the story to the children and, and to the family and to those that are around the uh, Passover table. After he tells the story, and he tells the story of the ten plagues and so forth, then there'll be the second cup. Uh, this cup corresponds, again, if you have your Bibles in the, uh, Exodus chapter 6 and uh, just a little bit further into the uh, verse. 
The Bible says, Wherefore say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burden of the Egyptians. And then the second one is, And I will rid you out of their bondage. So this, this one is, uh, is, a, uh, is the second cup, and it's called the cup of praise, or the, uh, the cup of praise. And this is the second cup that's drunk, uh, drank. And so it, there will be a blessing like we just uh, read before. Blessed art thou, O Lord God, who created the fruit of the vine. And then together they'll drink from the, uh, from the cup of praise. And it's a praise that they were brought out because the, uh, the, the Lord says, I will bring you out from under the burden of the Egyptians and I will rid you out of their bondage. And so they praise. And then they washed their hands again and they began to eat the matzah. Uh, the unleavened bread, uh, and they'll bless it again. They have a lot of blessings, okay? So, uh, blessed art thou, O Lord God, King of the universe, who brings forth bread from the earth. Uh, and, and they bless it. Uh, and, and all eat, the prophet gives each one a piece of the matzah that's left here, and they all eat together the, the matzah to remember that. After they eat all eat a piece of matzah, then there comes another element of the Passover, uh, and, and, and they, they eat the bitter herbs. So they dip their spoon uh, in both the bitter herbs and herosef together. So usually what they'll do is they'll take uh, a, a pizza matzah, and they'll put some bitter uh, herbs on there, and then they'll take uh, some of herosef. And, and put it in each one of the uh, people there will do that at their place settings. And the papa will uh, take it off the center plate and then together this, uh, this is eaten and it's blessed. Blessed art thou, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us with uh, thy commandments and commanded us to eat the bitter herbs. And say so they all dip uh, in the matzah that's dipped and they'll eat it together. Actually, I'm not going to do it right now, but this is pretty good because you get the sweetness and you get the bitterness all together. So I challenge some of the little kids, they want to come and test this. You'll love horseradish, okay? Uh, <laughs> but I was nice. I didn't get the extra hot tonight, okay? You know, okay, so. Um, and I want to take you to a scripture before we go any further. I want to take you up to John Chapter 13. Would you go there, please? John chapter 13. When, uh, when the Lord was uh, celebrating the Passover with his disciples to Seder, and he got to a point uh, in, 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 in chapter uh, 13 of John. And uh, the Bible says in verse, verse number 25. <clears throat> The Bible says, he then lying on Jesus, and we know that was John's breast, uh, saith unto him, Lord, who is it? Who is going to betray you? And Jesus answered, he it is to whom I have given a sop when I have dipped it. And when he had dipped a sop and gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. And after the sop, Satan entered into him. Then said Jesus unto him, that that thou doest do quickly. Now no man at the table knew for what intent. He spake this unto him. So we see this is a time uh, where, where the Lord actually used an element in the Passover uh, to indicate even who was going to betray him at that time. Isn't it interesting that he handed that mixture of bitterness and sweetness to Judas? Someone had heard over and over again, had sat in the very presence of the Messiah, but yet would be filled with Satan to go out and betray uh, him in this night. 
And so, uh, and just before this, you remember that they have this ceremonial washing. You remember what happened, what our Lord did? He was, he was, uh, he was officiating this Passover, this as he was doing it up in the room. He with desire, he wanted to eat Passover. And instead of going around and washing the disciples' hands around the table, what did he do? Yes. He girded this, this, the Messiah, uh, the king of the world, the one that they were expecting to be the king comes, the Messiah. Uh, he, he stands, he girds himself with a towel and he takes a basin. And instead of going around and washing their, their hands, he goes around and washes their feet. And, uh, and, and, and this would have been during this time. And then right after this would have been the time when they were dipping and, 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 uh, and, and eating of the bitter herbs and the uh, heroseth. So blessed, uh, blessed uh, so uh, they eat this. And now in modern day time, right after this, they eat what's called the Hillel sandwich. But they really can't do that anymore. In Bible times, they would take a piece of the, of the Paschal lamb. They would take some of the bitter herbs. They would take some of the Hadroseth and things and put it together. But they still do that today. They'll take and they'll take some of the, of, of, of the carpus and they'll take... Uh, the verse, and they'll bring it all together and they'll eat this usually with two pieces of bread and they call this the Hillel sandwich. And this is during a time when they have the time when they're doing the sop. All eat the Hillel sandwich. And then the last item to be eaten uh, before they break for, for the full dinner would be uh, the egg. And uh, this is called the beza. And during the time of the temple, we know that, um, that the Jewish people brought sacrifices and the destruction of the temple. So it, be, it became customary to have an egg on the Seder plate to remind them, as they would say, of the sacrifices. Not only to bring a temple, but the sacrifices that they no, no, could no longer eat. Uh, and so after they eat of the egg and they've eaten up the bitter herbs and the, and the heroseth and the betza. Then they, and then they say, now it's time to eat our meal. And they'll take a, a, a break uh, from the Seder and, uh, and they'll all eat a very sumptuous meal together. I, you know, one time I, uh, I can remember walking in the streets of Johannesburg, and, and you can relate to this, um, and the, 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 the walls were high there, and I can remember seeing a family sitting around and at the table, a Jewish family. It was absolutely beautiful. And I can remember thinking, wow, I wish, what, what do I have to offer these folk? Uh, what do I have to offer? They have such beautiful families and beautiful uh, ceremonies like this. Uh, what do I have to offer? And, and the answer came from the Lord said, but you have reality to offer them. You have the reality of salvation from sin, that they're celebrating salva- uh, uh, salvation from a physical deliverance. But, you, but even though they're beautiful and even though uh, they're symbolic and it's wonderful what you see on the table, they need deliverance. From, and, 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 and I can remember with tears on our face walking down the rest of the street thinking, yes, Lord, they're beautiful and they have wonderful families and they have great uh, celebrations, but they need to be delivered. From, from, uh, from the bondage of sin. So they eat and they celebrate together. And it really is a joyous time. Uh, a lot of good food uh, during Passover is, 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 is given there. Uh, but they're not quite over. After they finish all the eating and the feasting there, 
then there's one uh, uh, more thing that needs to be done at the Passover table. So they uh, will make sure to come back together. The papa will take the lead and then he'll say, children, find the matzah. Now it's interesting because the name of this particular piece of matzah is called the afikomen. And the afikomen is it's the only really uh, Greek word that's in the Passover and, uh, and, and, and many times in the Jewish community, they'll say, well, this is talking about the dessert. But that's another word. If you look at the actual uh, etymology of that word, uh, epikomos, it is actually not that. And we'll look at that in just a moment. But he'll say, children, go find the epikomen. So uh, they'll all run and they'll search for it. Why? Because they know that they're going to get some money or at least some candy if they find it. So they'll go through the house and finally one of them will uh, find it over and they'll say, Papa, I found the epikomen. And they'll bring it back. And the papa will say thank you, and then when he'll take it and he'll pay uh, them in something. A lot of times it's chocolate coins, uh, so it can be anything, and they'll pay them for it. He'll redeem that back uh, from, from the uh, little boy, and it will be holding. And then uh, the African will, uh, it was broken. And, uh, you know, it means, the, 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 the word African does not mean dessert. It means the coming one. It means he who has come. That's what the word means. Most Jewish people don't know how this got into the Passover. But we know, amen, that God is, is allowing us to be rich uh, in this symbolics. And, and when Jewish people that see the truth of this really are, are amazed. And so then uh, we know that it was this time in the uh, Seder that uh, the Lord himself took this particular piece of uh, matzah at this time. It would have been this particular piece, and, 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 and he took it. Now, uh, we unwrapped this, and it's wonderful to see that it was wrapped in a white linen and hidden away. And then when he bought it back, it was redeemed by the papa, and he bought it, and then he unwraps it, and out of this wrapping comes uh, the Afrikoman and Jesus would have stood with this Afrikoman and, and said, uh, said these words. I want you to uh, turn there, if you would, turn to Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. And the Bible says in verse number 26, at this time, and we know it was this time of the, of the Passover. It said, as they were eating, Jesus took bread and he blessed it. He blessed just like they do now, they blessed it. And he, and he said, uh, and break it, and gave to his disciples and said, take eat, this is my body. So he broke the afikomen and he gave each a piece. And he said, take eat, this is my body. The one who came, the one who was standing before them, I am the one. This is my body, which is to be broken for you. And so uh, the afikomen. So the papa will, will uh, do the same. He'll, he'll bless it and then he'll give the afikomen uh, to each one and they'll eat it in the Passover table. Then immediately after that he finishes with the afikomen and they eat of the afikomen, uh, then there's w- uh, another cup. And this is the third cup. And this is called the cup, get ready, of redemption. In the, in the, in the Jewish uh, uh, community, this is known as the cup of redemption. If you'll look back again in Exodus chapter 6, 
in Exodus chapter 6. And the Bible says again, and uh, we'll go one more sentence down, but we'll read from the beginning of verse 6. Wherefore say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will rid you out of their bondage. And then finally, I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with great judgment. So here, uh, this, this uh, uh, cup of redemption uh, coincides with this Hebrews, uh, with, with Exodus chapter 6 and says, I will redeem you out. So it's called the redemption, the cup of redemption. So they raise it up and they say, blessed art thou, O Lord, our God, king of the universe who created the fruit of the vine. And Jesus, at another time, of course, uh, in verse, uh, chapter, Matthew chapter 26 And after he said, take heat, this is my body. Then he took the cup, which would have been the cup of redemption. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them and said, drink ye all of it. Drink ye all of it. And so together they would drink it. And he said, for this is the blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. And so the the cup of redemption is the third cup that's given there. Now, I want to explain uh, another cup before I I talk about the fourth cup, and that's this cup here. This cup uh, is a special cup. It's called Elijah's cup, right? And, And so this is Elijah's setting. At every Passover table, there's a setting place for Elijah. And, uh, and, and it's always there, and, and there'll be a special cup in a special place. And, uh, and, they, and they will say uh, that the uh, reason why is because they believe that Elijah will declare the coming of the Messiah. That it, in, and, and the Bible talks about that, right? About that, that there will be a prophet coming, the spirit of Elijah, that will announce the coming of the Messiah. But we know who that was, right? And, uh, and, and we know that was John the Baptist in the spirit of Elijah came and said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. But, uh, uh, but they believe that Elijah will come because they believe that Elijah will come on the Passover in order to um, uh, give uh, the announcement that the Messiah is coming. So one of the last things that's done in the Passover Seder is that uh, the Papa would say to one of his sons, we'll call him David, David. Go see if Elijah is here. So David will get up and run to the door and he'll open the door and he'll see if Elijah is there. And I can remember Dr. Gardenhouse saying he was scared to death that Elijah would really be there. (laughs) You know, know, Brother uh, Brosman, one time I was uh, just a short distance from where you used to serve doing this Passover in South Africa. And as I got to this part, I kid you not, Someone came in the back door of the church where I was doing. He, had, he was t- dressed and he walked straight up the aisle, straight down, sat in Elijah's thing and started eating the food on the table. And I just looked at the congregation. I said, this is the first time Elijah showed up. What can you do, you know? But they, they'll say that Elijah, uh, and so he'll come back and he'll say Elijah is, is, is not there. Then there's a, a, a fourth cup, and I, I want to talk about that. Look at a, a Exodus chapter 6, and we'll, we're, we're almost finished here. Exodus chapter 6, and look at verse number 7. And we'll read uh, through actually 8. And I will br- take you to me for a people, and I will be to you a God, 
And ye shall know that I am the Lord your God, which bringeth you out from under the burden of the Egyptians. And I will bring you in, uh, into the land concerning that uh, the which I did swear to give to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob. And I will give it to you for an heritage. I am the Lord. I am the Lord. I'm going to give this to you. I will give this to you. So uh, uh, this cup is the cup of acceptance. At the end. And what did Jesus say uh, uh, about this cup? Look at verse uh, uh, number 29. After he said uh, about the cup of redemption, this is my blood, the blood, my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But then he said in verse 29, but I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day whom, uh, uh, when I drink it with you in my father's kingdom, new in my father's kingdom. And so the cup of acceptance will be uh, fulfilled uh, in the new kingdom. And that's when the Lord says, I'll drink that when I'm with you in the kingdom. Amen. Uh, and, 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 and that's where the Passover. And of course, after uh, they finished the Passover uh, there, they went forth. The uh, Bible says in verse number 30 of Matthew chapter 30, uh, I mean, verse number 30 of Matthew chapter 26. And when they had sung at him and went out into the Mount of Olives, they went out into the Mount of Olives. And that's what happens uh, at the end also. They usually sing the Hallelujah Psalms, Psalms 115 through 118. And Papa speaks, and this is what he says sometimes. He'll say this. Thou God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, long have we waited for thy promise. We beseech thee now, send thy anointed, whom thou hast promised, the son of David. Have mercy upon thy people Israel. Gather us according to thy word, when we shall be as thy people, and will delight in us as of old. Behold, all things are ready, and we are waiting. And as the Passover is done, the anticipation of the Messiah coming back, and they're still waiting. And the door is shut, Elijah does not come. And for 2,000 years, in each time, there's been a disappointment. And so they'll, they'll, they'll say, How long, O Lord, will thy anger be turned away? When will thou have mercy? At least next year, may we celebrate this feast with thee, Messiah, in Jerusalem. And that's the last thing that's said in it. And that finishes the, the, the Passover Seder. And our hearts are heavy. Because for 2,000 years, they've been celebrating something that has pointed to the reality of the Messiah. Amen. Amen. The Alpha Coleman, the one who came, the one who stood before them and broke it and said, this is my body that is broken for you. And the one, this, is the, this is the blood that's been given to you uh, and, and, and of the new covenant. And so it behooves us as believers to look on this table and to see the wonderful significance of our redemption. Amen of the fact that we've been delivered uh, by, uh, through the, uh, the, body, the broken body of the Lord Jesus Christ given on the cross of Calvary and the blood that covered us so that we might escape this, uh, that. But to understand that all over this world there's Jewish people, that every year they celebrate this and, 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 and this celebration, even with all symbolism, they still miss it and they don't see that the Messiah has already come. And they can embrace him. So I just challenge you tonight with this. And it's wonderful to look at these things. And I hope, you know what, I, next time you do the Lord's table, I hope you'll think of these things. Amen. 
And think of, uh, think of the Africa. When you're holding that little uh, wafer in your hand, think of the Africa. And think about the fact how God uh, uh, used that even this pastor. But then in the same breath, say, God, save them. Send shalom to Israel. Help them to receive it. Help them to see this Messiah. And I'll end with this. In the Sunday school this morning, I, was, um, I, I, I shared a, a very quick story of how that uh, recently a Jewish man got saved uh, uh, in, in, and, and he came to our museum just the same week he got saved. And as he was coming through, uh, he got to the Passover table and he saw this in the museum, a lot better looking, but he saw this, this Passover table and he was so excited. He said, wow, that's what I grew up with. I understand this. And he was looking at the different elements and he was specifically looking at the fruit of the vine. And then he said, you know, this really, does this go with the thing in Egypt? And, and we said, turn around. And, and, and he turned around, and right on the other side of him is, is a, a recreation of the blood over the doorpost. And when he saw that, he went like this, and he said, I've never seen this before. This is the first time I put this together. And tears were running down his face. And he said, it's, it's the blood. And I said, amen. It's the blood, and it's, and it's the blood. And, and you know when he said this? He said, two days ago, I didn't want to speak his name, but now I love him. I love him. And that's what we need, folks. We need to gain that burden uh, and that, uh, to see God's chosen people, the ones who gave us all of this uh, and so much of it, and that we are thankful for, and we need to see them come back to their Messiah and receive him as their personal Savior. Let's pray. Father, Lord. Thank you, God, for the Passover. Thank you, Lord, for being able to share the things. Lord, it is amazing how you, even through the years, have included so many things that, uh, even more things that speak of the Messiah and the Lord Jesus Christ and his sacrifice. Father God, we pray tonight that God, that, that the Jewish people, your chosen people, around the world, God, might catch a glimpse through your word and even through their own celebrations, God, of the truth of their Messiah. Lord, I pray, God, like the Apostle Paul, our heart's desire and prayer to God is that they might be saved, that they might uh, uh, be saved by the grace of God. We pray tonight, if there's anyone in this congregation, whether Jew or Gentile, uh, who doesn't know Jesus Christ, who has never had the blood applied to their life by simple faith and trusting them uh, by faith in, in, in nothing else. I pray, God, that they will do that tonight. That, Lord, before they leave this place, they'll realize that there's only bondage. There's only a sinful bondage. But in you is freedom. And, we, and you deliver us from the very slavery of sin. And I pray, God, that you will help, help anyone that might be here tonight that hasn't trusted you and been delivered tonight, that they would do that before they leave this place. Thank you, Father God, for this night. We pray in Jesus' name. In the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, his name, amen.